If you're like me and you're torn between the love my body at any size movement and the, if I love my body, I need to make healthier choices to feel good too thought process, then you're in the right place. It's every day now that someone out there is telling us the next best thing on TikTok or Instagram ads are showing us another shortcut and it is exhausting. How about we heal our relationship with our bodies, exercise and food and give ourselves grace along the way. Let's do this together and celebrate the small stuff. Welcome to A Healthy Dose with Sadie Tolbert. Welcome, welcome to the podcast today. We are talking about a subject that is like very specific. So maybe you're curious about ADHD. Maybe you have it. Maybe you are a new diagnosed person or somebody who has known for most of your life. But I want to talk about ADHD today. And in my experience, um, I want to share with you the ups and downs that have come with being diagnosed in my 30s and what it has brought for me clarity wise, how it has affected my health, how I've seen other people um, find good habits with it and learn to recognize what is easy to do in your health and what maybe not be and just things that I've observed. So I will preface by saying like, I'm not an expert in this. I just have a lot of random knowledge. Some of it is very new. And as I am connecting the dots, I'm just sharing with you my observations and what I've seen and how it all just kind of clicks together. So last fall, I found myself just in this swirling vortex of I've overcommitted. I am in burnout. I have four different jobs and a group that is not a paying job that I manage and a leadership role here and a, you know, other online thing that I have here. And it was basically just a big chaos where I didn't feel like I was doing anything the justice that it deserved when it came to like doing it well. And so I'm sitting here feeling bad constantly because this group should have this many posts and and this much attention and I I promised them I would get this done and and blah 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 and then this job over here is just not getting any clients because I'm not advertising and and putting forth the time and when I do execute this job then I'm ignoring the primary job and so it got to be like what do I do what do I do how do I fix this and it just so happened at that time, I had seen this random TikTok on my For You page. It's this, you know, gal who has a, a, a whole channel dedicated to her dog. And that day, she particularly decided to share like five random things that she does as ADHD that are not normal, not like what you think of. And as I watched it, I was like, weird, I do those things specifically like right now. And of course, you know how algorithm goes, all of a sudden I was just seeing constant ADHD stuff. And I met with somebody, 
again, like this is all like the universe, like aligning. I'd met with somebody and had kind of joked like, now I think I'm actually ADHD. And she was like, well, I have been diagnosed since a teenager. And I started asking her questions and sharing with her some of the things that I'm experiencing and noticing and all this stuff. And she was like, yeah, like you do share a lot of similar traits. So it's worth it to go ahead and go down that trail to get diagnosed. She told me about this group that she knew that was a medical like diagnosis, more specifically on ADHD later in life. And currently I live in LA and LA has a ton of resources like that. Not every duty station that we've been at, not every place that I've lived has a bunch of resources. And it was just divine timing. I reached out to that group, made an appointment, paid out of pocket, got diagnosed. They diagnosed me with a combined type, which means that it's both hyperactive and inattentive. So understanding ADHD was like my first step because I grew up knowing about ADD, attention deficit disorder, and then this new H hyperactive ADHD attention deficit hyperactive disorder came about somewhere in my childhood. And I would meet people that are like, I'm ADD. And then some people are like, I'm ADHD. And then like many other diagnoses, ADHD became like a running joke, you know, where people would like laugh about it and be like, ha ha ha, I have OCD because I like to straighten the papers frequently or ha ha ha, like, you know, even people using terms like gay in a derogatory term or like, I mean, this was something that lots of people used that I'm bringing up as an example. Somebody would say, oh, that's retarded. And, you know, looking back now, I'm like, that's that was an actual medical term that is used for people whose brain it is missing certain functionalities. And so now you know, it's even hard to use that word as a diagnosis because it is so used in a like slang fashion, derogatory fashion that people don't take it seriously when they hear it in the medical format. Similar to the way that people say, oh, that's gay when they mean something's dumb. And now it's like when somebody says I'm gay, it's like, okay, that term is no longer, you know, what it once was. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to bring up a point here. So ADHD became that where people were like, I'm, you know, just ADHD about it. And then it, it lost a lot of its like medical meaning for people. And so it was known as the little boys. This is the picture poster child of ADHD was the little boys that would like climb the walls and be super hyper and not listen in class and get, you know, bad grades and all that stuff. And I never even heard of the inattentive side of ADHD until last year when it's the the daydreamers, the people that are thinking about other things and can't focus and they are struggling more with the executive dysfunction, which is that I know I should get something done, but I just can't do it. And so when people post these memes about oh my gosh, I have 5,000 things to do, but I'm just going to go take a nap instead. That's executive dysfunction. So people were using the symptoms of ADHD as like a part of mainstream, like joking, laughter, all of this stuff. And I'm a big fan of like 
keeping everything lighthearted and joking. And I'm also a big fan of not giving words power. So when I was explaining those terms earlier, I see it from both sides where I'm like, don't let somebody saying, you know, that's gay hurt your feelings because it's just a word. It's just a freaking word. But on the same hand, don't be a dick and use it, you know, like in a way that's like not helpful to people. So, you know, it's like a, that nice balance that I always like to talk about. So when it comes to ADHD, it got really, really far out there for what people understood it to be. And it just wasn't something that people were learning in medical standards as well, because it's like, unless you were a psychiatrist, like actually in that field, there isn't a lot of depth taught on that because it's not a like, oh, let's do a surgery and fix it. Or it's not something that you can like visibly see on somebody. I saw a TikTok today that was talking about how obesity is one of the only like addictions that people wear on the outside. Like you could walk past somebody and not, you can't see that they're addicted to gambling. You can't see that they're addicted to drugs. You can't see that they're addicted to certain things in life. But with food, it's the only one, like if you're addicted to food or sweets, or whatever, that can show up on your body, which is really problematic because not everybody's obese because of an addiction. But it was just a point that I saw that really made it kind of come full circle with people that struggle with their weight because it is out in the public for everybody to visualize first thing they see you. ADHD is not something that anybody can see. You can't. Like, even when people would meet me and say like, wow, you are really high energy. Wow, you do a lot of things. Wow, like you are all over it. And they almost would say it in a way that they were either trying to compliment me, like in a, um, I wish I was like that type way, or they would say it in a way that um, like they just didn't understand. But if anybody did bring up like a jokingly fashion, like, oh, Sadie is pretty ADHD about it. Again, it was like used in kind of like a almost derogatory term where it's like, I never took offense to it. I never sat there and thought like, I never thought one, I should get checked or two, they were doing it in a mean way. There would be some times where people would say things like, gosh, Sadie, like it was almost like their delivery when they would be like, gosh, Sadie, like you really do a lot of stuff, you know, their tone and their, their way that they would bring it up would make me feel like I was doing something wrong by partaking in all of these activities. And so that was like my whole experience kind of leading up to this finally getting diagnosed. And then it was like, okay, great. I have the diagnosis. Now let's fix it. Now let's do whatever we need to do to fix it. So me and my teachings and who I am, I'm going to take everything as naturally, do everything as, as, you know, safe and like without meds or medical intervention as possible. And at the time I was so in over my head, it was hard for me to spend five minutes to meditate. I couldn't do the breath work as much as I would want to. I was trying to eat the foods that I know that were suggested and, you know, just really doing as much as I could with almost no time, no energy, no ability to really like focus on it as much as I could if I didn't have overcommitted for so much stuff. So when they proposed the idea of putting me on a medication, I said, yes, but please let's do a low dose 
you know, low side effect. Like I asked a million questions and I really wanted to make sure that I was making the best decision for me. And the whole time the plan was to just be on it a very short stint until I can get back up on my feet and start working on all these things that I wish I had some more time to do. And so the journey was crazy. I'm not going to go into all the ins and outs of insurance and how I didn't get my meds and, you know, all these things and blah, blah, blah. But because the root of how I got to that point in my life was not being addressed through medications, like it, the meditation, medication only did so much to help me. And I see other people on content creating apps that just talk about how much medication has helped them. And I think like, why didn't it have that effect on me? Where I say that it did help with some focus and it helped with some areas, but I'm still like, what's the word for tea kettle? Like I can't remember certain words and I can't, um, I mess up and trip up on words all the time. You guys hear that on this podcast because I'm already thinking a million times faster and I'm like, shouldn't the medication kind of help slow that down? But I think that some of my root causes of how I got into this mess with the whole like saying yes to everything and putting a whole lot on my plate, that didn't change as much as it should have. I have made some changes. I have set some boundaries. I've cut some things off, but life has been throwing a lot of things at me and I'm having to catch it and juggle and try to put all these things in my arms that are like just hard to hold. It doesn't matter if I have ADHD or not. Anybody who would be in the situation that I am in would struggle juggling all these things. So if that's you, here's my message to you. One day at a time, keep moving, identify that kind of root cause and really sit back and decide, are you ready and willing to change? So I've got a big move coming up and a lot of the things that I was doing in my current lifestyle and motion and all the stuff that I have going on in LA is not, does not have to be done in my new home. And so I have that chance to pick up every single thing, every single project, every single passion project of mine, and really just Marie Kondo it and say, does this bring me joy? If not, I'm going to say thank you and let it go and move on. And then I can build my day around some of these other habits and, and known helpers of ADHD because I will have more time because I'm not focusing on the things that don't bring me joy anymore. So I wanted to bring up some of those things in this podcast that either you can try whether you have ADHD or not, or you can, you know, adopt into your lifestyle. A lot of them I've touched on in different podcasts because they are self-care related. They are, you know, good, healthy brain functioning related, you know, like we got to take care of our brains as much as we take care of every other organ, our skin, you know, all of that stuff. And the thing with mental health, like one diagnosis is very rare without having a bunch of sister diagnoses because they all feed into each other. And if that one diagnosis isn't being taken care of well, it's going to develop the other ones. So one that goes hand in hand with ADHD a lot is anxiety. And it's because we feel like we're never doing enough. We're never 
meeting the standards that we have set to ourselves for whatever reason. And so we get anxious about it and we get anxious about, you know, what other people are going to say if we don't meet the standards that they didn't make, we did. So it's kind of backwards, right? But one thing that I have done, I'm going to start with a little bit more of a medical, uh, scientific backed, um, uh, practice that I've been doing. It's called neurofeedback. This is something that I read about in a couple books. Um, I learned about working in a mental health clinic. I had just seen frequently and on a hyper-focused day, I looked up this organization that does neurofeedback for veterans and I narrowed down all of them, the the practitioners that were local to me and I started calling all of them. I emailed them. I found some of them to have moved. I found some of them to no longer be doing neurofeedback. I found some of them that weren't doing any more pro bono ones for veterans, but I did not give up because I wanted to try this so bad. So the research states that this type of feedback, it's like a biofeedback in your brain that teaches you how to think from A to B as opposed to A all the way to Z before you get to B. So it, you know, scribbling all over the place before you can get from just A to B. And that is how I felt like my brain was doing. I am a storyteller. And when I will talk to somebody, if I want to get to the point and just tell them like, one time I said this joke and somebody laughed, I will more often say, so I met this person six years ago and it's a really funny story because I met this person and blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you how I met them. And then like this and this and this happened. And then one day I told them the joke and here's the joke and this is how they reacted. And it's so funny. Why do I need to add all that stuff? Like that was the whole alphabet when all I needed to say was, oh, I told that person a joke and they laughed. So I have always been like this. Like when I do my strength finder, I am a storyteller as a number one strength. And so it, makes content creators much more enjoyable when they have ADHD because we can go in depth like that and finding, find it to show it in entertaining ways. And so neurofeedback doesn't take all of that away. It just helps you get to the point faster and helps you get to where you need to go. And I am on my way to that appointment right now, which is why I wanted to talk about this subject today. And if you have noticed Yes, I do a lot of recording of my podcast in my car. Sometimes you hear my turning signal. Sometimes you hear the beeping in my car or like outside noises. And my husband has verified, yes, you can hear that on my podcast. So welcome to the show, guys. Um, And you sit down in a dark room, not pitch dark, just, you know, mood lighting on a nice, comfortable chair. And this lovely practitioner, it can be anybody who's trained in medical field. It could be a nurse. It could be a um, social worker. It could be a marriage and licensed marriage family therapist. It could be a psychiatrist. Like it could be anything like that. They're taught to place these electrodes on your head. And what they do is they only read your brain waves. They're only reading. They're not shocking you. They're not doing anything. They're not, there's no magnets. It's not EMDR. It's not any of these other things. It's just reading your brain waves. And that system connects to a TV monitor where you are watching something. Lately, I've been watching documentaries. In the documentary, the setting will be set by the practitioner that gives the feedback from your brain waves to the screen, which will then quiet the sound or brighten 
the colors or shrink the screen and it will change up what you're watching. It's slightly distracting because I'm into these documentaries and I want to know about these, um, the information that I'm getting. And it's not that I can ever not hear or not see what's going on, but when my brain waves are not doing the A to B thing, and this is not something I can control, when they're not doing the A to B A to B thing, that's when it will like become lighter or it will shrink a little bit or the sound will change. And then when it does go A to B, it is like perfectly like a normal movie. So if that makes sense, like it rewards you by giving you what you want to see when you are doing the right thing A to B. When you are not doing A to B, it will try to redirect you and show you how to go A to B. And so when I try to wrap my head around it beyond that, I start going cross-eyed and get all like, "Mm, I don't get it. But I'm also not a neuroscientist. Like, I don't know. But they've been doing this for decades. They don't get a lot of funding for it because some people don't think it works. It's kind of like, you know, the placebo effect. Like if somebody is like, oh my gosh, this med is really going to help, then yeah, it's going to help you. And it could be a sugar pill and you still have, you know, success. So I'm enjoying it. I think it's been working really well for me. You have to find a practitioner for people that, you know, don't qualify, don't have it through insurance and things like that. It is covered by some insurances. It's not covered by others. So you have to pay out of pocket, but that's an option for people who want to look at that. There's also a lot of herbal and vitamin type supplements that are good for brain support. Omegas, anything that's like omega-3 fatty acid, whether you take it as a supplement or whether you incorporate a lot of good, healthy fish into your diet, flaxseed, chia seed, things like that. There's also a lot of spices that are known to have a good effect like saffron, but you want to make sure you're not eating too much of that. There are tons of benefits in like one, making sure that you are getting enough vitamin B12, getting enough vitamin D, like get your annual blood work done to know that you are getting all of those regular vitamins, but also taking them as a supplement can help with brain function. Then there's things called nootropics. These are herbs. These are like botanicals. These are a good way for your brain to get that like functioning focus pathway cleared out. Um, A lot of nootropics come from mushrooms, like lion's mane, different things like that. You'll see lots of ads for stuff like that out there, but finding ones that have the most bang for your buck and like also give you more than one benefit. Like if you are just eating just lion's mane, you are missing out because there's some products out there that have lion's mane plus nine other things. And not only are you going to be helping your brain, you're also going to be helping your circulation. You're going to be helping your energy. You're going to be helping like lots of other things. So go for things that are going to have a multi-effect and that are going to, you know, be cost effective, all of those things and like work in your favor. Right? So I'm kind of going through some things that you have to purchase by, you know, do through your medical professionals, all these things, but there is a lot of benefit in the free stuff too. Obviously I'm going to mention exercise because that gets your blood flowing. Um, also like beets are really good for circulation. They can also be really good for blood flow to your brain as well. So exercise is going to help with that blood flow, give you more focus, get you better sleep, all those things, focusing on getting better sleep making sure that you are 
100% like, like getting that full rested amount. And if you are curious about sleep, go and find my uh, recording on my podcast on sleep. And then there's things like meditation, breath work, like float pools, um, saunas, red light saunas, things like that, that again, like some of them you have to pay for and like a membership and things like that. But some of them you can find for free or that you can do a free version of things like that. Those are meant to calm your nervous system. If you're like me and struggle with meditation because it's hard to like clear all the thoughts in your brain because you have ADHD, um, even just attempting at it or like trying to have a single thought at a time can have benefits. So going on YouTube, finding some of these things to try and do for yourself, like giving it that adequate amount of time that I wanted to back last fall, but didn't have the means to, now I can moving forward. So even if you're doing it just for three or four minutes, like you can spare three or four minutes, like find an accountability buddy, work on it, in the fashion that makes sense for you, but don't beat yourself up if it's just not working. Like sometimes your idea of what's working is somebody else's idea of what's not working and vice versa. So you may think this isn't really doing anything, but that's to your standards, honey. That's not to anybody else's standards. So like change your narrative, change your thought process to think, I'm not sure if this is working, but I'm just going to say it is working. You know, use that whole like affirmations, like, like, this meditation today is going to make a huge difference and just say that over and over again until your body believes it to be true and keep going just keep being consistent keep going find that ability like find those little nooks and crannies of who you are as a person with your your diagnosis or with your out your diagnosis to fit these things in to make it work for you don't be ashamed if you need to go the medication route don't be mad or upset if one medication works for you better than others. There's a lot of shortages out there. So if you're somebody who's like, oh my gosh, Adderall was the only thing that worked for me. Okay, that's your body. But always incorporate some of these other fashions to help you out because things are going to come at your way that are out of your control. There's going to be deaths. There's going to be moves. There's going to be tragedies. There's going to be things going on in the world, even good stress that you can't work around. So as long as you have additional resources other than the medications to help you through it, you're going to be just fine. And watch your mental health in case you start noticing like some depression come on or in case you start noticing some like anxiety or other diagnoses and just be really, really self-aware. Self-awareness is always going to be in my podcast. It's always going to be a part of what I do. And I just think that we're all different and we need to celebrate that in having somebody like me, whether it's through listening podcasts, whether it's through signing up with the coaching, whether it's through just following me on social media or anything like that, hopefully I can make that difference and remind you of the powers that be in self-awareness. So have a great rest of your day, you guys. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you know where to find me and I look forward to hearing back from you. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you haven't yet, please subscribe for more and leave a review. If you got something great out of today, please share with your family and friends. And as always, please remember to 
consult with your primary care provider if you have any questions or concerns. This podcast is meant to be educational and based off of my experience. Have a great day. You are unique and amazing and beautiful.